Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome to Panther Puri, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Panther Puri. I am your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. Gentlemen, it is wonderful to be back behind the mic and joining us to kick off this 2021-2022 Florida Panthers season from Florida Hockey Now, our good friend George Richards. George, how are you tonight? Oh, fellas, I'm terrific. What's going on? We are doing great now that there's actually uh, on-ice Panthers news to talk about, which is why you are the perfect person uh, to bring on to kick off this new season. So we want to we wanna lead in here. Uh, obviously, everyone had their eyes on the prospect showcase last week. Um so I, question one here, just to, just to get us started, is uh, obviously we, we all know about the Anton Lindells, the Spencer Knights, the Grigory Denisenkos, but is there anyone that kind of, that, that you've heard of that uh, stood out to the team from the prospect showcase, maybe someone who turned a few extra heads that, uh, that wouldn't necessarily garner a second thought normally? Well, I, you know, I don't know if, if, I mean, I think all those guys, a lot of the guys, I think there's six seven eight guys that were on the radar screen for for you know for the panthers uh saran noel had a big tournament he had two goals uh what saturday and had a nice assist yesterday um you know you you can't miss him he's six foot five out there on the ice um you know plays you know he's he's big he's strong he gets in he mixes things up but he can also play the game i mean he's you know he's a very talented player uh logan hutsko from boston college um you know he had a fantastic junior year at boston college had some injury issues last year um you know an ankle injury cut his senior season short so he signed with the panthers early he had a really nice tournament um you know dennis senko um, playing a very physical game. He was up on the top line um, with, with, you know, with Lundell and, and Hutzko, um for the first two games. But he looks like a guy that knows that he's going to be playing, you know, a bottom six role to, to make this team. It's going to be really tough for him to make the team as, as it stands right now, but neither here nor there. He knows where he's going to be playing probably. Mm-hmm. So he looks like, you know, he got bigger. Uh, more physical and I think that's good to see and then you've got the defensemen so um, you know I I think that it it, this is the toughest team that the Panthers have ever had to make yeah right I mean this (laughs) this this team is incredibly stacked I was telling somebody we were golfing the other day four years ago five six of these guys would have made this team I mean you know and now you you might see one or two so um, you know it's going to be a fun 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 training camp to watch but 
for some of these guys, no matter what they do, they're probably not going to make it. They're probably going to have to start the season in Charlotte. Not that that's a bad thing or anything, but, um, you know, the Panthers yeah, are building some nice depth. Yeah, this is a recipe for success when you really look at it. I mean, that there's no there's no room for a prospect to crack into the top six at all. Like, that's just – that's not happening this year. Um, yeah, and, and even when you look at a guy like Lindell, yeah. who I thought played, played played well, didn't put up any, you know, many points, I think he got credited with two assists um, in, in the two games that he played. I, you know, I think he makes the team, but where do you put him? I don't know. They'll figure that out. Um, but you know, they're not rushing him into anything. Right. So they've got, you know, they've got so much talent, especially in the forward at the four position. Um, you know, it, 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 it might be an anticlimactic, uh, uh, training camp because <laughs> you might, it might be exactly the 23 that we think yeah. will make the team might just make the team. Yeah. Wouldn't I, I think the nice days of Dennis back? Mulgan, you know, surprising <laughs> out of nowhere and going from fourth round pick to the, um, to the opening roster, those are long gone. Now, not to say anything bad about Dennis Morgan, and that can't be had his rookie season. Well, well, let's not forget with what happened with Dennis Morgan. It's as great as Dennis Morgan was. Let's not forget Jonathan Huberdeau and Nick Bugstad got hurt, so that helped him along. Um, so, yeah, there could be trades. There could be injuries. We don't know. We've got two, three weeks of this training camp. Um, uh, certainly a lot of stupid stuff could happen, um, but as it stands right now, yeah, I, I just don't see it. You're right. Look, as long as we don't play New Jersey in whatever the military thing was that uh, that Huberto Up cut his Achilles, yeah. yeah that, let's just not do that ever again, and we'll be fine. Uh, I, I think a really nice thing about this also that you were mentioning uh, very briefly there is because of the talent that this team actually finally has been able to put together to ice an NHL team, we're actually – going to be able to see a pretty decent AHL team also up in Charlotte, which isn't a bad thing. We'll actually start to get to use the AHL as a development engine instead of an AHL team. Yeah. I mean, don't forget you're splitting it with Seattle. So they've right. got their guys too. So, um, you know, we, you know, I was talking to somebody up there when I was up in Tampa, you know, who's the goalie, you know, in Seattle or is Florida going to have two goalies and Seattle have one, um, you know, because usually AHL teams do carry three yeah. um, sometimes, you know, because you've got those weird Friday, Saturday, Sunday games. Um, so I don't know, but, but yeah, I mean, this year, you know, they're going to go into Charlotte. You figure that Seattle's going to have some pretty good prospects. Florida, we know has got some pretty good prospects. So yeah, they, the, uh, the uh, Charlotte checkers should be a uh, fun team to watch this year. Yeah, and I mean, all of those guys that will probably get an opportunity. Well, not all of them, but there's going to be guys that won't get, you know, put on the original 23-man roster that are going to get games. That's just the way the season's going to go. Somebody's going to get hurt. There's sure. no way that the Panthers are going to have 82 games of perfect health for all 23 of their main roster players. It, it, it's never happened in NHL history, and it will never happen. So – Having guys like that, the you know Logan Hutsko, Max Gildon, that you could call upon, even though they don't even look like the thirteenth forward or seventh defenseman necessarily, they're looking like they can come in and do a job if necessary. Yeah, and and I think that um, as long as everybody's got the right attitude, that this is just and, and some of these guys, are, you know, maybe we'll have the most fantastic camp you've ever seen. 
but they're, you know, waiver exempt. They may have to start the season in Charlotte just because of that, just to save someone else's job. Um, you know, so the Panthers wouldn't lose their rights. Um, so as long as the guys go down with that right attitude that, Hey, they're going to get better down in Charlotte and they're going to help Charlotte win. And then, you know, come up when, you know, Florida perhaps needs them, you know, we've seen guys before, you know, go to the, you know, go to the HL and just be like, Nope, not doing this. Um, and you know, it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help the team and it usually doesn't help their development. So, um, you know, it'll just be interesting to see which guys go like that, George. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, I'm not just talking about him sports from though. I mean, you know, and listen, you know, but in that case, yeah, I mean, you know, Springfield, Massachusetts, not the, not the greatest place in the world, but it's not the end of the world either. So, um, you know, I think the guys will enjoy Charlotte. Uh, everybody says it's a great place to play. Talk to Chase Prisky about it. Um, you know, he started his pro career That's there right. while with the Hurricanes, and he liked it there. Says it's a really cool place to play. It's a, it's you know, you know, it, it's it's you know, a growing town, and you know, it's a big, it's a big city. As far um, as minor so, league affiliates, you, know, you can we'll uh, you can't do much work, uh, better than Charlotte. I mean, I know Vegas has their team in Vegas, so that's a great spot, but like Charlotte's a pretty great place to be in terms of uh, AHL teams. Uh, last question yeah. on the prospect camp before we kind of segue to training camp and media day, you know, we briefly mentioned the guys, everyone wants to hear about Lundell and Denisenko and uh, Spencer Knight. Did the organization see what they wanted to see from specifically Knight and, uh, and Lundell? Well, Knight, I think they just wanted him to get in there and, and test out his legs and everything. No, Knight, Knight, you know, statistically didn't look very good. Um, I think he gave up seven goals in the, in the, the game and a half that he played, but he looked really good. He looked sharp. He handled the puck. Well, um, really kept him in that game. The first game, I guess it was Saturday against Carolina. Um, I think he gave up three goals in that game and probably could have given up seven or eight. I mean, they were, you know, it was 10 o'clock in the morning and the Panthers, you know, looked like it. Um, yeah, I think he looked fine. Lindell looked looked really good. I mean, Lindell was terrific in the faceoff circle. He was great, good defensively. He plays big. He plays with speed. He pushed the pace of the play. Um, a lot of other guys got the stats. Um, but again, tomorrow, I, I, I'm not going to remember any of those stats. Nobody's going to remember those stats. I don't even know where you're going to find those stats. So, um, you know, they just needed those guys to get out there on the ice. And, and for a guy like Lindell, he needed to get out and play on some of that smaller ice. He's been playing, you know, in Finland his whole life. And, and now he's got to get used to the smaller ice. And um, I, I think that development camp and the two games that he played in Tampa, are, you know, can help him adjust to that a little bit. And one last note I want to make before we move into the main roster guys and training camp coming up starting tomorrow, today, when you're listening to this. Uh, a guy that had a strong prospect tournament development camp that really isn't going to feature in the main roster or even like possibilities for the main roster this year is Justin Sordiff, whose stock yeah. has really rocketed yes. since the Panthers took him into the third round in 2020. And he had another good showing like he supposedly had at the uh, world junior camp for Canada. And it seems like he's now on the short list to make that team after, you know, being a, a third round pick, 
you know, it can be a little bit more difficult to make the Canada team as a third round pick than a team like Sweden or Switzerland, for example. So uh, I definitely think that it should be pointed out that his, his stock is really on the rise. Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up because he was really good. I mean, he showed really nice hands, um, a, a good, good ice vision. Um, yeah, I think he said, I think he was on that second line. He, re, yeah, he really had a nice camp, and I think he opened up some eyes as well right. for sure. Yeah, sort of is a really exciting one, but yeah, we can we'll talk more about him uh, as this season yeah. progresses. So I'm moving sure. on, uh, <laughs> let's talk about today. You know, training camp and media day today. Uh, we, we've heard a lot about Joe Thornton. We heard about Ekblad, but uh, before we kind of dive into all that, is there someone that we, that we really haven't talked about today who kind of had a, a fun off season story, anything like that, that just kind of caught your eye, but really hasn't made it into the news stream yet. <laughs> Everything was on zoom. You can't get any of those good stories, you know, there. I mean, you know, I guess Aaron Ekblad bought a boat and he's, he's you know, big into <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, um, I don't know, you know, those are the, you know, you get the good stories when you just go, Hey, so what, uh, what'd you do this summer? Oh, well, you know, da, 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 da. um, you know, it's hard to get that stuff out of zoom. So, you know, so that stuff will come kind of come and go as we go through camp, we're going to have some in-person stuff starting tomorrow. So that'll be nice, um, to be back in person, um, you know, not in the locker room, but in like a, uh, in a, in a, in a side room where you can talk to Understood. players one-on-one. So that'll be good. But the post thing, yeah, I mean, Aaron Eckblad, Mr. Fisherman over there, he's uh, catching yellowfin tuna in the Bahamas. Yeah, I, I knew Aaron, so, uh, Eckblad's knee was doing all right when every single Instagram post he had was him on the boat taking another teammate out. Like, if your knee's bothering you, you're not on a boat. Even, even the nice boat that Aaron Eckblad had, like, just being on a boat, it's, it's rough on your knee. Uh, gonna go out yeah but you wouldn't out. be posting yeah, on instagram yeah. if your knee was still bothering you when you're out on the boat that that's uh, a very solid point yes. <laughs> i gotta say that my my favorite moment from camp today or from media day i think so far um uh, was sam reinhardt <laughs> and his uh <laughs> his nod to mark pesic when when asked about number 13 yeah, yeah, I've got a story in the uh, in the uh, in Florida hockey now tomorrow, where I look at the new numbers and who wore it best. And and honest, honest to God, I writ I wrote it before he even said it. The, the the person I picked that wore number thirteen best in Panther history is Mark Pizik. You're right. I mean, you look at the names. Pisser was the guy, man. <laughs> he was. Hey, let's look at some of these names real quick. Let's. I don't want to bog you guys down with uh, this, but Oli Kavasha. Uh, Baklev Prospol, Yuri Kolnick. Well, Yuri Kolnick was pretty good. Anthony Stewart, former first round pick. Uh, Mike Santarelli had mm. you know that one here and then Pisser. So I'm going yeah, with I'm Yuri going Kolnick, I'm going the, the, the king the, the of Prius. having like an amazing opening night where he'd have like a goal and two assists. And then you think, oh, yeah, he's gonna be get you know 40 50 points this year if the season ends with 25 points every year. Didn't he? But he, he went to in the Luongo trade, I believe, he? Uh, he might have, or, or, or it might have been a different uh, someone else with a similar Czech sounding name. Uh, but yeah, I mean, hey, Ole Kavasha did help bring Luongo and Ole Jokinen into town, so that has to be worth something. Yeah, that's true. But still, I, I, I gave the third, I gave the thirteen nod to uh, Pisser. 
I mean, I think you almost have to give it to Marino. I'm sure he wore a third, a customized 13 Panthers jersey they made for him once. That's. I gave, uh, I, never I gave played uh, Dan Marino though. and Jake Scott some props. <laughs> <laughs> um, else from training out, Joe Thornton. I, I, you know, he was obviously good for a laugh today. Uh, we've talked about it, you know, not really on the podcast, but just the two of us. But what is the plan for Joe Thornton this year? Ah, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know if anybody knows right now. I, I think, you know, I think Bill Zito, when I asked him about it a couple weeks ago, said it best. He's like, you know, is he our number one center? No, but if we need him to be for a couple shifts or a game, he can do it. Is he our fourth line center? No, I don't think he's that, but he, he could, you know, he doesn't, nobody knows. I mean, he played on the wing last year in Toronto. Um, I think the Panthers are going to give him, um, some pretty good playing time. I think that was part of the selling point, not just that the Panthers are good and all that. Um, I think there was a selling point that they're going to use him. Um, but I think also you've got to look at his age and everything, and you've got to look at they're going to have to manage that. So um, it'll be interesting to see where exactly he plays. But, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, he's going to play in all 82 by any stretch of the imagination. In terms of the legendary Hall of Fame player aura, how does Thornton compare I, to Yager? Yager's Yager, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I just, you know, I think he's a completely different animal. I, I think, you know, Barkov brought it up today that, you know, he, he thinks that it's a similar move, right? I mean, when the Panthers brought in Yager, um, boy, what a difference he made on this Panther team. But he was still, you know, he was still bringing it a little bit. Um, you know, Thornton, Thornton's joining a veteran laden team where, where Yager was joining a bunch of kids and, and he was kind of, you know, Huberdo and, and Barkov followed him around like a little puppy back in 2015. Um, those guys are, you know, cagey veterans now, you know, they've all got full beards uh, <laughs> that they've before. Uh, but I, I, but I still think that, that having a guy like that, a guy that you know is chasing the cup and could go anywhere. The Tampa Bay Lightning could have signed him for, you know, for that contract. And he picked, you know, he wanted to come to Florida. I think that that alone gives the guys some confidence that they're, that they're on the right track, even though I think that they believe, you know, they know that, you know, that, that that's a helpful reminder that, you know, they're going in the right direction. I just want to jump back very quickly um, to clarify for anyone who's still curious the only trade that the Panthers made involving Uri Kolnick was acquiring him uh, in addition to a ninth round pick in the 2003 entry draft for Sven Buchensen, who ended okay, up. Okay, uh, Sven, I remember him. No, I've never heard of him. That, I do that not. Was I was full time too, so. that, that, that was like the last draft that I, you know, wouldn't have covered, so. That was before I lived in Florida, so I wasn't in tune with the Panthers at all yet. And now for the rest of that trade trade. <laughs> no, you, no. Yeah, right. Well, let's see. Does the name Carter Lee mean anything to you guys? Uh, no, nothing. I think I, then there probably isn't. You were thinking of um, Lucas Krajicek or Krajicek or. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah like it. I said, similar sounding Czech name. Uh, George, now, now to the, now to the heavy stuff, the two things that people really want to know about, or I guess the one thing, cause we already talked about Ekblad Barkov. I know you put a story out on about it. Everyone was lovey dovey at camp today, but do we have any actual info in terms of how close they are to a deal 
Do we have any idea on term money yet? Anything new? Listen, I, I reported a couple of weeks ago that they were close and that's what I was told that they were very close. Um, and, and not, you know, I was like, just wait till Barkov gets here and then Barkov got here and then nothing's happened. They're just, you know, they're, they're working on some final numbers and stuff. I, 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 you know, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, you know, the Panthers would be pressing if, if they're, if they were far apart, if this was going to be a bad thing, they would be press, pressing the panic button. Um, because you, you know, if you were thinking that you were losing, Sasha Barkov at the end of this season, you know, there would, there would be some, some wheeling and dealing being made, or at least you'd hear some rumblings of that. And there's none of that. So they'll, they'll get a deal done. I just don't know what the timing of it was. Um, the last time I was on your show, I would have bet that that already would have been done, but you know, that's not to say it couldn't be done tomorrow or, you know, the day after the, the double header or the day before the opener, who knows? Um, so you know, I, I think a deal will get done. Like we said, it's probably going to be in the, you know, the eight year max. And, uh, you know, you're looking at nine and a half north, you know, so we'll, we'll just have to see where that goes. But again, keep us in seven digits, George. Keep us in seven digits yeah. and we're doing our, our yeah. celebratory drunk and podcast. We're bringing in Funky Buddha as a presenting sponsor, if that's the case. Yeah. I mean, listen, you've got ownership involved, you've got Bill Zito involved, you've got, You've got uh, Sasha's representatives involved. This is this is a big deal for all, everyone, and it and it's really it's it, it's really big for the player, and it's really 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 big for the organization. So um, they'll get it done. Uh, they'll figure something out uh, numbers wise that, that that works for both, and and one side's going to have to give maybe more than they want, but but they'll get it done at the end of the day. Do you think that Barkov is one of those players that tells their agent once the once training camp starts, no distractions, so negotiations will end, or there's a chance that this could get figured out in the middle of the regular season, perhaps? No, this is something that could be worked on. Um, he signed, you know, he signed this contract in the middle of a season. He signed it, I think, in January yep. of 2016. Um, Sasha does not does not seem to me to be a guy that has any involvement in this whatsoever. Yeah. So it's not a distraction to him. And, and I, you know, when I brought it up to him at the end of last year, well, you know, you're going into this off season. He goes, you're the first person to ask about it. I have not thought about a con. I, I believe him. I don't think he thinks about this kind of stuff. He knows where he wants to be. He knows it's going to get done. Um, and, and, and things are going to take care of themselves. I, I think he's, you know, He's not thinking about that kind Reading of stuff. Reading between right the now. lines of your comments and kind of what you reported earlier and what you put in your story, he's kind of seems like he's told his agent, "Get me something that's fair, and when you when it's ready for me to say yes or no, let me know." Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. I, I don't think that you know he's getting daily updates. Oh, by the way, we talked to Bill Zito yesterday, and I don't think he's getting those. I think that his agents and everybody know where he wants to be. Um, both physically and financially. And I think they have a number in mind and, you know, they'll probably get to it or get close. Leave it to the agent. Yep. Leave it to the lawyers, right? Leave Alex? It to, hey, the lawyers, we do everything and we do it right. And uh, if I was Barkov's agent and slash lawyer, I'd be telling him to sign for a league minimum eight year deal. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're not. And that's why. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but George, moving on from Barkov and uh, and a bit of a touchy subject, something that's you know obviously we've been dealing with all for the last eighteen months of our lives, COVID. 
we're hearing about vaccination statuses throughout the NHL. Is there anything new on the Florida Panthers vaccination status? Well, uh, here's the thing, guys. We had we had media day today, but that only included five players. Um, we didn't get to talk to Joel Quinville, nor did we speak to Bill Zito. Um, that's something I'll be asking Bill on Thursday. Um, if and if we don't get Bill, I'm going to ask Joel about it. So, um, I, I think if you see guys running around uh, training camp wearing, you know, you know, wearing masks on the bench, then you can probably guess that they're not vaccinated. But from what I was told, uh, geez, this might have been around the draft. So we're going back a couple months. The Panthers felt that they were going to be pretty much at 100. percent So I can't give you a number. Um, other than it's probably pretty close, just like, just like, uh, uh, Bill Daly said, um, at the uh, NHL media tour up in Chicago, um, he says the NHL is going to be at 99% by the time the first puck drops. So, um, there aren't going to be many NHL players who are not vaccinated. Maybe what, what was that? 12 players, 15 players. I think the AP reported, um, so it very well could be that the Panthers are at hundred percent. Yeah. That'll be interesting to, we'll, we'll be able to figure that out when you can speak to bill or you can speak to Quenville or yeah. somebody else does. Uh, before we let you go, George, we wanted to ask you about something that's not all that related to the Panthers. And that is the new documentary on Netflix, uh, crime and penalties untold the story of the Danbury trashers. Did you get a chance to watch it? No, I watched a little, I watched a part of the first episode and then I ended up going up to Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, for a couple of weeks and I never got to finish it. So it's still, it's still in my Netflix. Oh, view. you need to watch it, George. It's absolutely amazing. I oh no, no. I like, I really liked, I liked, I saw the preview for it months ago and then I started watching it. Um, how many episodes? No, it's, just, it? well, like the un- it's an, it's kind of like the same as 30 for 30. It's called the untold series. Like the first episode is about the, um, Malice in the Palace. And I think the second episode was about uh, Caitlyn Jenner. And then the third episode is the Dansbury Trasher. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got like half an hour into it. And I didn't, yeah, yeah I, I really, yeah. Did. So it's an hour. I mean, it just gets more and more ridiculous. Like, oh, I, I want to talk with you about it so bad, George, just because I feel like you and I could just laugh for hours about how, like, this kind of the stuff, you know, we used to hear back in our Herald days of like, oh, this is going on with this team. And then it's like, this is even worse. This is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, I love that kind of stuff, and I love those kind of teams. You know, you know, we don't have much minor league sports down here. We used to back in the day, um, but some of the stories about the old, you know, the Miami Matadors who replaced the Panthers <laughs> at Miami Arena. Some of the stories you hear about those guys—they were here and gone in a year, um, and then they put another team in the Miami Manatees. Yeah. Um, and you know, they were living in the, in the, in the, the con, you know, the apartment buildings across the street from Miami arena. And it was just, a, it was just a mess, but they, I think they ended up leaving Miami arena and playing the rest of their season at, uh, at incredible ice. Um, I remember covering some of their games at incredible ice where they were just trying to play out the season. Just, all right, we're going to play double headers at incredible ice. Anybody wants to show up, show up, but no, anyway, so uh, yeah, I do need to say it. Next time we talk, I will have seen. That's it. great. That's great. Um, I haven't seen it yet either, George. So don't feel too bad. Okay, like so five or six all, people do yeah. our homework, and in a couple of weeks we'll come back and we'll talk about uh, Barkov's new contract. There you go. And the uh, <laughs> the Atlanta Trashers. We'll watch that. We'll talk about that. 
<laughs> oh, final thing. We all for, we forgot to congratulate George on getting the naming rights to the uh, formerly BBNT centers. Now the Florida Hockey Now Forum. Yes. Thank Absolutely. you very much. That, yeah, that, that was a big moment for me. And, and you know, <laughs> you know, all my constituents at the Hockey Now Network. It was yeah, great. So you've got your own. It's the Florida Hockey Now uh, Atlantic Division and the Florida Hockey Now Forum. I mean, you're just uh, spending that marketing money all over the place, George. Well, we're just we're just writing checks all over the place. Well, hopefully they'll <laughs> off on cashing. Uh, speaking of writing checks all over the place, untold crime and penalties. Danbury Trasher. <laughs> uh, they're yeah. they're more they're more. Yeah, I was going to say that there was there, there was no George and I don't get it. There, there was no checks. There were, this was all cash duffel bag transactions. There were, there were checks though. There were yes. checks. Just we'll talk about it. We'll um, talk about George. It. Oh, See, there's a double meaning here that we can spin checks to literally mean like checks on the ice. Yeah. That's the joke. <laughs> Shut God. up, Alex. Leave uh, me alone. George, what do you got coming for us at Florida Hockey now? Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah, obviously with the start of training camp uh, and, and being able to be on site and, and to be able to be, you know, close to the locker room anyway, there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. I put up four stories today. Um, I'm looking at two, three stories a day uh, during training camp. Then we've got the exhibition doubleheader on Sunday. Um, got a couple games against Tampa. I won't be traveling to Dallas, um, but I will be going to Tampa and to Orlando. So there'll be something, you know, there'll be at least one story, probably two every single day at FloridaHockeyNow.com. Um, you know, there's a lot of good stuff. Joe Thornton, I'm going to talk to him in the coming days. I, I know we talked today on Zoom, but I want to talk to him one-on-one. Um, you know, sit down with Sasha as usual, and, and we're going to talk to, day, to, to, to Bill Zito. So, yeah, I mean, being there every day, there's going to be plenty of content. So, awesome. with two groups, it's, you know, and I want to talk to some of the, a lot of the kids um, before cutdowns start, so. Yeah, uh, and – just remember, guys, you can get Florida Hockey Now a full year subscription for $30, right, George? That's it. That's all it is. There is not a better deal for hockey content out there. I mean, you're getting true Blue Panthers coverage from the source for what? You've been doing this for over a decade now, right, George? Or it's been longer? Longer than that. I think my first I, – I took over in 2004, my first season. Then we wow. had the lockout, so my first season was 2005, so – so yeah, 16 years George has been on the beat. So like there is no better source. It's $30 a year if you're not supporting George and you're a Panthers fan. And there's just why? Why? Shame on you. Yes, right. exactly. Shame no on excuse. you. No, no excuse. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't don't be. No. I, I appreciate all the support. I've got, you know, readership's been really good. And dude, I'm getting a lot of great feedback from people. So now everything's everything's going good. This is uh, you know, we got a nice little setup going. Well, great. Well, we Georgia, anything else you want to plug before we let you go? Uh, no, not right now. I got some things in the works that we're going to, you know, I'm going to set up the, uh, the YouTube channel and stuff like that, but we can talk about that later. Ooh, George doing some YouTube live. That should be fun. Yeah. I think a it's lot a lot of fun. fun. Give the kids what they want, right? Absolutely. There you go. There we go. All right, George, we got to let you go. You've been extremely generous with your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Once again, George Richards from Florida Hockey Now. Uh, he is not only a friend of the podcast. Did we did we name him the official uncle of the podcast? I think I think, I think so. we brought I think we brought George on as uh, as un- our, our uncle. Yeah, uncle. Uncle, uncle of the show. Yeah, <laughs> the I'm the uncle. Of the show. 
There we, the go. there we go, Funkle. Uh, yeah. George, we got to golf again at some point. We haven't done that in a long time. We got to do yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know when. We were talking about that the other day. When you know We played Monday at Goldie's thing. Mm. Um, and it was like, yeah, this is going to be it for a while. But, you know, there'll, there'll be time. There'll be time. There's always we'll, time. We'll get, we'll get around then. There's always time. Uh, but, yeah, thank you, George. This was awesome. Uh, until next time, and we're celebrating the uh, Barkov contract and talking about the Dansbury Trashers. Sounds good. Talk to you then. Thanks, George. Thanks, George. You got Thank it. you. Always a great time whenever we get George on the podcast. And if you aren't already a subscriber of Florida Hockey Now, now's the time with the season coming up. It's really affordable. Like we said, just go do it. No more excuses. All right. So let's get into some of our more personal opinions about development camp and uh, the tournament in Wesley chapel, what we thought of the players and somebody that I wanted to point out is Logan Hutsko. I thought that he was, you know, just a guy that was really productive in the offensive zone, wherever he got that opportunity, the first line that he was on with Dennis Enko and Lundell helped a lot, I'm sure, but you know, Lundell goes out in the third game and he has a couple of goals, and one of them is a really impressive uh, NHL-level shot, as the uh, Tampa Bay commentary team said constantly about it. Uh, I thought that he had a tournament that allowed him to be a guy that Panthers might look to, if he's playing well in the AHL, to get some NHL time when somebody gets hurt. Yeah, I could definitely see Hutsko being one of the call-ups. I mean, like we talked about with George, this is going to be a really hard team for a young guy to make, like, Guys like Saran Noel, even Logan Hutsko, like they've got no shot. Even Gregory Denisenko, like the odds of him making the team are what, 5%? If, and it would still take some injuries. Like he's got an uphill battle to climb. Like, but I could definitely see someone like Logan Hutsko if, you know, injuries really hit hard this year on the wing position. He's a guy that would probably get a call up. Obviously, Gregory Denisenko probably is first, but Hutsko would probably be that second guy. Um, you mentioned it sort of was impressive, but I think he's still a few years away. I don't see him being. Yeah, a call I mean, up. He, he'll he'll go back to the WHL, so he's not even going to be eligible. Yeah. To called up. Um, Saran Noel, I, I he was fine. He he did better than what I expected, but he also yeah. still skates like a baby deer, and that's just not good enough for the NHL. Uh, he scored some goals, like he's got skill. Mm-hmm. His skating ability is just so, so subpar. And uh, it just kind of goes to what we talked about with um, Reese Jessup, who is now a scout for the Cal- um, Carolina, Carolina Hurricanes, yeah. is that, you know, the Panthers, they've done a kind of mediocre job in terms of developing prospects and getting those prospects when they see something struggling their game, meeting with the right people in the offseason. Like Saran Noel, someone like every single offseason off for him should be power skating, power skating, power skating to try and, you know, at least get that skating level to, you know, an NHL, at least below average level. So he can have a shot at an NHL career. But until that happens, all that size and, you know, that skate and shooting ability is it's, it's not going to really pan pan out. I mean, a guy like that has a long way to go to make the Panthers specifically because they play this transition style. So if somebody's a power forward on the Panthers, they got to be the like Brandon Sod type that could still like lead the rush and, you know, make a net drive and score a goal like that rather than, you know, 
somebody like Saran Noel, who is really going to be effective, but he has to be in that like offensive zone possession setting. And I don't think his skating is as bad as you think, you know, perhaps you've seen more of it and you just have a better impression. But like I said, I mean, he's got to be pretty quick, like at least average, if not like just below it to be somebody the Panthers want to call upon. That being said, I thought that he had no shot of ever playing for the Panthers and this tournament changed my mind though. Really? I'm not, I'm not really thinking that he's going to be in the lineup this year, but you know, if he can turn it around, cause he had a pretty mediocre AHL season, his draft plus two OHL season was bad for a, a top 40 pick. Um, it, it was good to see him show some signs of life in terms of his uh, ability to potentially be an NHL player. Uh, Anything else in terms of the forward group? Uh, you, you should talk about Lundell because you, you had a strong impression of him. I was very impressed by Lundell. I, I thought whenever the puck was on his stick, stuff was happening. He did not score a goal in the two games he played, but that, you know, kind of like the same thing as Spencer Knight giving up a bunch of goals. It's not as really not that important. It's just, it's how you look with the puck on your stick. Are you creating chances? Are you causing turnovers? And on the power play, I thought he was great. And I thought, I mean, he, I think he hit a couple of crossbars and it was just everything. Every time the puck was on his stick, stuff was happening in a positive direction. You also didn't see him making, you know, mental mistakes in terms of turnovers and stuff. So, uh, I, I mean, I didn't see, you know, Connor McDavid 2.0 out of Anton Lundell, but no one really expects that. I mean, I, let's say I didn't even see Alexander Barkov 2.0 a bit. It's fine. But I did see what some, someone that looks like he should be in the NHL pretty soon in terms of the fact that against his peers, he was arguably the best player on the ice, regardless of team. Here's something that I'm wondering with Lundell. Are you guys concerned at all that the organization might try to get him to focus on the details of playing a third line center role right now, or in, in the very, very near future, like this calendar year, if not like the first game of the season and perhaps by doing so limiting his ability to grow into a top six center with plenty of offense. I don't think I'm very worried about that. I don't think I'm worried. I don't, I don't think there's a problem with telling Anton Lindell, Hey, be a, be a third line center. Your 19 year old or your 20 year old season. Yeah. The issue, like, I, I, I think you're trying to make a, a um oh jesus christ a borgstrom compare comparison where it's like he kept trying to be shoehorned into oh a it's role not it's not super- just borgstrom this is this is like the most common prospect uh misdevelopment angle that you can have like we just saw sammy niku a guy who looked like he could be a legitimate top four offensive defenseman get bought out because the jets tried so hard to turn him into this defensive defenseman guy who's reliable in his own end. And they ended up sucking all the potential out of his game. Yeah. But we see it over and over again. Right. But what you're missing is Anton Lindell is already a very good defensive player. So you're not really asking him to change his game. You're just asking him to be like, Hey, make sure your defense is on, on point, which it always is or at least from what we've seen from him, we haven't seen at an NHL level, but mm-hmm. you know, when you watch him in Finland, like his defense was always very good. 
and the offense will come. You're not trying to, it's not a square peg into a round hole. It's a round peg into a round hole. And you're just saying, Hey, don't worry about the offense. We know you can do it. It'll come. But for your rookie season, be a third line center. And he's well suited to that. But that is what I'm kind of worried about because this is a guy that when we watch him at his own, ah, a level that's lower than the NHL, let's say like against his peers at the world junior championships, for example, he's a guy that shows tremendous offensive potential. And I mean, he had what the best goal per game season of any draft plus one guy that's ever played in Liga. That may be not the correct statistic, but you know, if they're going to plug him in and say, your defense is great, Anton, let's give you this role where you have, you know, 20% of your starts are in the offensive zone and the other 80 are in the defensive zone. And he's, you know, focused on being that checking center. Is he going to get limited in his potential? I don't think so. I, I think the offensive power in our top nine, not just the top six, but I don't think that that third line is going to be a purely defensive line. That, that I also agree with. It's not, I mean, you're obviously things could change, but the projected third line right now is Vetrano, Lundell, and um, probably Tippett. And Tippett, yeah. Or, Which, in fairness, doesn't sound like a fantastic line combination to me. But the important thing here is that it's that is an offense first line. Yeah. That is not a defensive third line or a checking third line. I mean, is it a fantastic third line in terms of fit? No, but what I'm saying, but it's also like the most talented third line the Panthers have ever had. Those are the, those are three shooters, though. You've got no one to actually feed well, the puck through there. I mean, Lundell's a player. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's good playing. enough, but uh, look, his talent is goal scoring. And yeah, and, and maybe for play. those he's... reasons, this won't end up being the third line. Sure. You know, we don't know exactly what the third line is going to be. I mean, it, it could, you know, it could be um... – Huberto, Lundell, Tippett. No, not Huberto. It could. Jeez, <laughs> Duclair. Duclair. There it is. It's ten o'clock. It's ten thirty. I'm a dad. I'm tired. Uh, I, I'm busting out the excuses. But yeah, it could be. It could be Duclair on the third line with Vitrano and Lundell. And what? Then you're going like Huberto, Reinhardt, or Huberto, Bennett, and uh, Tippett. Tippett. Yeah. I, I mean, guess that was the second line in the playoffs. That's true. That second line actually did put up some pretty solid numbers in the limited time that they were together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, regardless, it's going to, it's, it's, I don't even think it's arguable. It's the most talented third line the Panthers have ever had. And I'm not worried. I'm not worried that his offense is going to be stifled. This isn't, you know, this isn't Borgstrom. He's a different player. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, mean, who, I, who I, happens I agree with to you. be an exceptional playmaker. I'm I'm not worried about a Borgstrom situation. It's almost kind of the opposite. I'm worried about a guy that's so concerned about the defense that he becomes like, I don't know, um, Thomas Placanich. You know, he was a decent NHL player. I would have loved to have him at the deadline that the Leafs traded for him. But that's not the style the Panthers play. The Panthers play an attacking style, and it's all four lines. Mm -hmm. But – that's a Jacob, good point. You were saying something. You know, you know who maybe it doesn't stack up as a third liner anymore, but who does happen to be a phenomenal playmaker, one of the best, if not the outright best, of our generation, 
who could slot in next to Lindell. Mm. That could be interesting. Ooh, that yeah, that could be interesting. Is it is it someone jumbo? It is. That is that is a good point. And That's... I think that you know we we haven't really gotten any surefire indications either way. Jumbo is to Lindell as Yager was to Barkov. There, I just Ooh. cracked it. I yep. fucking cracked it. There you go. There it is. There, it there is. you go. It's not that's a bad. It. That's not bad. That's, it's not bad. That's it. That's it. And Frankie or Tippett with Lindell and Jumbo and the other of Frankie and Tippett on the fourth line. That's a damn good third line. Yeah, that's a did. damn good third line. That's, it's going to be it, a good fourth line. The question, one of those guys the, question, on it. the question becomes, can Jumbo keep up as a third line winger? I and mean, I'm leaning towards probably not. But if you shelter it enough, then I mean, if you're playing more of a slow cycle game, I think it works. I mean, I mean, I know we all it's as much Lundell as we could in terms of highlights, but is he a super fast skating kind of guy or no? Uh, It seems like I mean, like I know he can skate well, but like yeah, he's not a Vetrano or or Duclair. That's Barkov doesn't have the highest foot speed, right? He's still a great skater. Yeah, technical. He's not. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right, but a very strong skater more than a fast skater. The edge work is very good, also. Right, which is what makes you know Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon so great is how well, of how quickly and how well they change direction without losing speed. And Barkov, while he's not as fast as those guys, he changes directions without losing speed. True, and Uh, he's harder to knock off the puck. Yeah, Uh, I, 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 Jacob, I really do think you cracked it. That is a pretty damn good third line of Thornton. Lundell, and then I would say I would argue Tippett just because Tippett's also. I, I not think a super, I agree. Yeah, mm-hmm. super fast. I, I see Vetrano as a more successful fourth line. We did hear his name out there. Uh, I mean, the speculation that he was part of the uh, expansion drafts yeah. that Frank Saravelli was talking about ended up not being true. But I mean, it's still not that... impossible that he doesn't start the season in a Panthers jersey. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 I would. I mean, I'm not saying it's likely. But there's gonna be oh there's gonna be a winger that go, there's gonna be a top nine winger on a playoff team that goes down, and their first call is to is going to be to the Panthers who have a glut of wingers and say, hey, how much do you want for Tippett? How much do you want for Denisenko? And when you get told on no, oh on that's right, two, I keep forgetting about Denisenko. It'll be okay. What do you want for Vitrano? <laughs> and it'll probably be a second or third round pick, and Frank Vitrano would be in another uniform. Yeah, he does have it's, one year left. Like he he cannot right. be in the Panthers' long-term plans. It just doesn't work it from doesn't a roster right. and cap perspective. It doesn't. So, okay. you know, his days in a Panther uniform are already numbered. Yeah. But um, this is not really a conversation for this time in the season. Yeah. Um, let's pivot to the defense, and unfortunately, the tenor of this conversation I think is going to be a little bit more negative, because I I felt like coming out of this tournament we would be feeling like whether it's Kirstead or Gildon or Ludwig that we saw the next guy that's going to be able to go into the Panthers lineup and be an NHL defenseman and I know it's just three prospect scrimmages really but I didn't see any of them playing very very well and like at a level that I would say okay this guy's ready to play some NHL minutes I I think it's two different categories there it's Cause like I saw some good things from Ludwig. I saw a lot of good things from Gildon, who was I think probably the oldest person in camp for the Panthers and, uh, and Kirstad was fine as well. The issue that I had, and it's where I agree with you, TJ is 
you didn't see some, you didn't see any of them who were ready for the NHL. I mean, I know Jacob, one of your things was like, oh, Ludwig for the you know third pairing defensive role with uh, Gudis next year, and no, yeah, I want Ludwig on the top pair. That's what yeah, I, was going. I want. With Ekblad. I want Ludwig with Ekblad, and then yeah. Pete Ludwig and Ekblad, and then yeah, exactly. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, that's like not seriously. But it just didn't like it didn't come to fruition there. I, I, I think we're looking at three just a guys, which is fine. I mean, I think you can get some NHL games out of all of, of them at some point, but there is no Denisenko in that group. There's definitely not a Lundell in that group. There's not even a Hutsko in that group where you can be like, oh, hey, I can see this guy, you know, really contributing if needed. Uh, but that's kind of the nature of the beast when the Panthers have pretty much ignored the defensive position in the first round for since Mike Matheson you know, was Matheson the last first round pick on defense. There's yeah. this guy who was just put on unconditional waivers for the purpose of termination, uh, who the Panthers might do pretty well to take a low cost chance on. We've already talked about him on this podcast. Would uh, you be super? I, I would not be opposed to giving Sammy Nuku a flyer. I mean, opposed is not the right word, but like, I still think that there's a better shot for these guys to come up and be NHL players. I mean, you know, well, right Sammy now, Nico's right now, the trajectory is not the trajectory is not trending towards NHL player, but that can always change. I mean, we didn't ever really see what Uyghur was going to become really in his AHL time. Like, you know, he played well right. in the AHL. We were like, all right, this is a guy. And then he turned into a, a uh, Norris finalist. So it's not, it's not that these should be your expectations, but you know, these guys still have time to figure it out and become full-time NHLers. That doesn't necessarily mean that we expect all or even one of them to do that, but it's still totally possible for all of them. No, the book isn't written. I'm just saying, I'm not seeing, I'm not seeing someone who, mm-hmm. if they're playing in the NHL in 2021, 2022, I'm like, okay, yeah, let's wait. Let's see what this guy has. It's, oh shit, we had a lot of injuries, and now you got to cover for this guy for a week or two. Yeah. Uh, as for Sammy Niku, I mean, look, taking a flyer on an offensively gifted player hasn't found, you know, their footing yet. Is how you ended up with uh, Forsling, Gustav, exactly Gustav Forsling. <laughs> so could Niku be this year's Forsling? It's possible, but is he? You know, since he doesn't on, I mean, I guess you could pick him up on waivers since he's unconditional waivers. Unconditional waivers, but he's not going to. I don't think he's going to sign with the Panthers unless there's a promise of him being in on the NHL. And who are you taking out of the top six for Sammy Niku right now? And there isn't anyone. Yeah, I I certainly have to agree with that. Uh, What's our defense right now? It's Ekblad, Weger, Forsling, Gudis, Nutivara, and. Um, Montour and Brandon Montour. So yeah, so Marcus Nutivara is the answer to your question. I guess that there's a seventh defenseman spot that one of those three guys will probably fill, unless the Panthers are going to put well, Noah there or or Noah Juleson. I mean, yeah, Juleson or Kanaten are going to be your seventh defenseman because both of them have to go through waivers. I mean, Kanaten will pass through waivers, but yeah, they will. But what I'm saying is they're not going to put. A, wa- a waiver exempt guy like uh, Gildon or Nick, not Nick, Gildon, Lud, uh, Jesus, 
Gildon, um, Ludwig, or um, <laughs> Kirstad, they're not going to put one of those guys as the seventh defenseman when they're waiver exempt and could be getting games in Charlotte. Yeah. The seventh defenseman, 100% is going to be Noah Juleson or Connaughton, who would need to pass through. Like you said, Connaughton would pass through, but that's going to be your seventh defenseman. Man, you know, we haven't really talked at all about Maxi Mammon, who, again, I doubt he would have come back from the KHL without some sort of guarantee of NHL playing time. Yeah, I mean, it's a crowded forward group now, too. Yeah, there's a lot. Maybe of he's the insurance policy for when we trade Vetrano. Maybe that's the goal there. It's certainly possible. I mean, there's a lot of guys who you kind of wonder where their spot is anymore. Frank Vetrano, I mean, hell, you can even say Patrick Hornquist. Like, does he really fit in this lineup anymore? God, no, he didn't fit last year. <laughs> I mean, he at least gave us power eh, play. Goals. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it got to the end of the season when you were like, oh, Jesus Christ. But like, Patrick, in Hornquist fairness, on this. Patrick Hornquist gave us power play goals in a way that the three of us also could have gotten. Power uh, play I don't goals. know about that. No, I think no, I would have taken. Shut- <laughs> no, the, the one with actual hockey experience is taking the is taking the microphone forcefully right now so many of those just bounced off of him and went into the net you shut your damn mouth and you listen right now <laughs> um, speak. standing in front of the net is an art form yes a lot of goals just bounced off him, especially in the playoffs and a lot of those i'll be like yeah anyone on the ice could have done that but standing in front of the goalie and screening the goalie and being there for tap-ins and being there for redirections is an art form. There is a reason why Patrick Hornquist, as beat the sh- beat to hell as he is, can still produce on the power play. And because what he does is hard. It's not easy. You know, as a goalie, you can tell when someone is good standing in front of the net and when someone has absolutely no idea what the hell they're doing. When Patrick Hornquist is in front of you, you're frustrated because you can never see the puck. When someone who doesn't know what they're doing is there, it's like they're invisible. And I know that this isn't about his spot in the lineup, but it's clear that, and this isn't my opinion, this is what I'm judging from the Panthers, and their opinion, is that Patrick Hornquist is essentially an assistant coach. He is the guy that they really count on to establish the attitude in the locker room, to keep everybody honest in terms of their work ethic. And he is somebody that they really pointed to as being a driving force and turning around what was, you know, year after year of mediocrity, picking in the teens, missing the playoffs, and, you know, not really even looking dangerous the following year, you know, not a lot to look forward to. And then they brought in Hornquist and, you know, it's not necessarily him that turned everything around, but they certainly think that, his presence in the locker room is a big part of it. Oh yeah. And I mean, we're not, we're obviously not the locker room guy podcast, but you know, Hornquist does have a locker room presence and he does still bring something on the ice. The issue is he breaks down. And then we saw at the end of the season, he was unplayable, Yeah, but early in the season, he was absolutely a power play weapon. So, you know, I think if you manage his minutes better, the fact that you're not playing 56 games in three months, uh, you might be able to extend True. it better. Uh, I, I, you know, I think on uh, back-to-backs, you should be it should be either Thornton or Hornquist on the ice for each of the game of the back-to-back. Neither of them should be playing back-to-backs at all this season. They're older. You don't need it. You know, one you Hornquist plays the first night, Thornton plays the second, or vice versa, or whatever. But 
you know, you got you got you got a minute manage with those two. We'll see about that because obviously we know that Joe Thornton is going to get all the assists on route on on route to Anton Lindell's Calder Trophy season. So yeah, I mean yeah. <laughs> not if Spencer Knight has anything to say about it. Yeah, when's the, not that this is like definitely going to happen, but when's the last time that two finalists for the Calder were on the same team, if ever? I would bet that that has never happened. Maybe, maybe like the Sadines. I'm I'll have sh- to look at that up and tweet it out after this episode. But that also could be famous last words if they if they yeah. suck. But uh, yeah. I I feel pretty good that they won't. All right, I want to wrap it up, but I want to do something completely off topic since we were talking trades earlier. Mm-hmm. I just don't know one sec. I don't know if this counts as a hot take or just a general prediction. Calder finals for this season, Lundell, Knight, and Maddie Beneers. Maddie, not Maddie Beneers. Come on. I said what I said. Uh, I think you'll see one of the guys from last year's first round who didn't play a lot. Like, uh, what's his name from the Kings? Oh, um, oh, uh, Quentin Byfield. Yeah, Quentin Byfield. Like, I kept thinking Quinn Hughes. I knew that was wrong. Yeah, like Byfield. Like, I think he's going to be in the discussion. But uh, all right. So since we were talking about trades earlier and I had to look up the Lucas Krajicek trade, NHL Trade Tracker has a an interesting feature of worst trades ever. For whatever reason, they stopped updating it after 2013. So unfortunately, the... Um, the infamous expansion day, Marcia So, Riley Smith deals are not on there. Nor is the ha- Vincent Trocheck trade. Nor is the Vincent Trocheck trade. But there are two trades listed for the Panthers from twenty, you know, the beginning of their of time until 2013 that the Panthers are on for worst trades. One of them is a trade in their favor, and the other is a trade where they lost. You guys want to take a guess each on them? Oh, I, the, the trade in their favor has to be the trade that brought Luongo and Oliokin in South Florida. That's correct. Ola Kavasha and Mark Parrish. I mean, the Panthers literally got the two best players in that deal, and it wasn't even close. I mean, Mark Parrish had a fine career, but yeah, the Panthers got two all-stars and gave up nothing. Is the trade away the one that sent Luongo to Vancouver? <laughs> Surprisingly, that's not listed. I thought that would be, but it's not. I think that at the time it wasn't seen as a ridiculous trade. Well, no, it's not. It's not. It's literally, it's asked, I mean, like now that we're here now, like how oh, bad okay. was the deal? Wait, is it uh, trading away the first overall pick in the flurry draft? No, shockingly not that either. And it's also not the uh, Kozlov for the Le Cavalier pick. Oof. Yeah. You got to rub it in. Jeez. Oh man. I, I, I'm not as a, as up to par on my uh, Panthers history as you, Alex. So. All right. I'll, I'll give you guys another, I'll give you guys a, a, a pretty damn close hit. It, okay. is a, it is a trade with the lightning. A trade with the lightning before 2013 that the Panthers lost. Lost. It's not badly. the Cavalier trade. That isn't the Cavalier. Um, Did yeah. they trade away? Oh, they, they traded away uh, the, the defenseman. What's his name? Boyle? Yep. Dan, Dan Boyle. Boyle? Seriously? Dan Boyle. Dan Boyle trade? Listed they as... traded Dan Boyle for a fifth-round pick, right? Yep, fifth-round pick, who was Martin Tuma. I mean, Dan Boyle is going to end up in the yeah. Hall of Fame. Now, how do you not is call he, that? No, uh, no, he's not a Hall of Famer. Come Absolutely. on. 
his point totals are ridiculous. Like, and his advanced stats, like now that they're coming out, like, oh, I mean, he was an excellent player, but the Hall of Fame is like the best of the best. I think he's going to get in. But yep, that's the two Panthers trades. Uh, pretty much like every Yager trade prior Dan to Dan Boyle doesn't feel like that should have been among the worst trades ever. Hey, this is just NHLTradeTracker.com. Uh, basically, every Yager trade is on there. Yager was traded for Anson Carter, the prime Yager from the Capitals to the Rangers. For Anson Carter. That's a rough one. Mm-hmm. Why would Washington do that? There might have been behind the scenes issues. Oh, yeah. You got to read uh, the athletic. But yeah, yeah, article yeah. Yager was notably a very difficult personality in his prime. Yeah. he And he wanted, like, Washington was just like, a complete disaster. Like, there's a great long article. God, about- could you, could you, I guess it probably wouldn't have happened, but could you imagine? Um, what did Yager and Ovi ever play together? I don't think so. No. No, yeah, it was like two years after Yager left. Yeah, Ovi was there. And if they had kept Yager, they probably don't wind up with Ovi. Well, actually, no, they were like in last place with Yager just because hmm. they like it was that bad. I, I was reading stories it wasn't like, working, yeah, yeah. Yager, you know, legendary work ethic Yager was showing up to games like five minutes before puck drop and just hmm. insane story. Like, he destroyed that franchise in the three years he was with the Capitals. But uh, could you fucking imagine Yager playing with Ovechkin? Uh, All right. Yeah, we got to wrap it up. Uh, Next time, boys and girls, we'll talk about untold crime and penalties because Jake will have watched it. We'll talk about training camp. Probably not. We'll talk about the preseason games. We'll talk about Barkov's new contract. Hopefully we'll talk about Barkov's new contract. Until then, keep your eyes peeled new website, and maybe even more excitingly, new logo. Jake, explain to me. Yes. Yeah, TJ, I'm pretty sure you're well aware of what's going on already. So we decided that it was time for a little uh, image refresh over at Panther Paris. We never had like an official in-season Panther Paris logo uh, since we renamed the podcast. Uh, So we commissioned a friend of mine named Ian. You can follow Ian on Twitter at DoghouseCorgian. Uh, they also stream on Twitch. Uh, it is an art stream primarily. Uh, and you can watch Ian bring our new logo to life. That's twitch.tv slash Corian. Uh, so just keep your eyes peeled for, uh, for the new look for the Panther Puri Hockey Podcast. And I'm thinking about uh, putting out some articles in the preseason. So if there's something that you want to see, uh, I'm thinking about lots of different things. So whatever you bring to me as your idea, that might influence where I end up going with it. So uh, would appreciate that. And on that note, we'll call it till next week. For Alex and Jake, I've been TJ. Thanks for listening. We'll see you when we see you. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. 
Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203.